The New York Giants can't throw the football, but they have Saquon Barkley, who has been the best running back in the league through four weeks. Matt LaFleur said this week that if they have to, they will change the way they play with those two deep safeties to stop the run. They didn't against the Patriots for much of that game, but then did when they needed to at the end. Not exactly a ringing endorsement of their ability to adapt. It got to have to have it situations against a Giants team that might be starting A.J. McCarron because Daniel Jones is hurt and Tarad Taylor is also hurt. The Packers have to be not only willing, but able to adapt to stop the run and show they can be a top tier complete defense. Plus, Lily Zhao on the show today to talk about that Patriots win and preview this upcoming matchup with the New York Giants. All of that starts right now. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for the Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. Lily Zhao on the program today for another episode of Zhao You Doing, now on a three-game win streak, just like the Packers. We're going to get to that in a second. And we're going to talk about the run defense, and we're going to talk about Saquon Barkley and all that stuff with Lily as well. But I want to get into a, a broader discussion here first. Because what we saw coming out of week one was a defense that wanted to be dogmatic in the way that it approached the game. Matt LaFleur continues to preach, we want to live in our two high safeties. They believe in death by a thousand cuts on defense, in bend but don't break, in saying, we think the fastest way for you to beat us is to let us give you big plays. And they have been very good after some of the blown coverages of week one in successfully preventing those big plays. They have not, by and large, done that. A couple of play action shots here and there, and that's mostly it. And they have, over the last two weeks, been able to do that without Jair Alexander. We'll see if he's able to play. He seemed like truly a game-time decision, was out there warming up, getting a lot of work in. We'll see with the flight and the travel and all that stuff what that means for his health status. I think that's going to be true for David Bakhtiari, for Elton Jenkins, and for Big Bob Tanyan. Those long flights, there's inflammation, there's swelling, there's risks to all, all, all kinds of, of guys. And hydration is going to be key. Someone like Christian Watson coming off a soft tissue injury, hamstring, he's a fast guy. 
These guys have to make sure they're taking care of their bodies and they have, that's why you pay sports scientists and you have nutritionists on staff and all that stuff. But the guys ultimately still have to do it. They still have to take those steps. The steps that the Packers also have to take though is one of adaptation. Against the Bears, they played more single high safety and dared the Bears to go deep. They couldn't because this front has been so good. And to me, that is the biggest reason why. Like this team was made to play single high because Darnell Savage is so much better around the action, so much better as a lurk defender, as a middle of the field robber. You can start in too high and spin down into one and let him play cover one robber. This team was made to play cover one, man coverage, Jair Alexander and, and Eric Stokes. Terrific man-to-man corners. And I think Russell Douglas on the outside can be a terrific man-to-man corner. Now against a team like the Giants, who cares? They don't have anyone to throw the ball to. Sterling Shepard is hurt. Kadarius Tony is hurt. And in the doghouse, Kenny Galladay is on a milk carton somewhere. They don't have anyone to throw the ball to. And to make matters worse, they don't have anyone to throw the ball right now. This is, they were running wildcat against the Bears at the end of that game because they ran out of quarterbacks in both a a literal and metaphorical sense. This is the week to say, look, there's this philosophy that exists and we think against the best teams and the best quarterbacks, this is the best way to live. Even if I understand, and in a lot of ways I believe that, you see that scoring is down. Arif Hassan at The Athletic, who's now at Pro Football Network, wrote about this, that if you if you adjust for everything, the, the too high explosion is the best explanation for scoring being down around the league. Aaron Rodgers talked about it. We talked about it with Rashad Jennings. You have to be able to throw to create against these two high looks. You have to be able to run. You have to be able to do everything, but it's much harder to get explosive. So you have to be efficient moving down the field. And the Packers defense forcing you to be efficient is, I think, a smart way to live, but that can't mean giving up five, six yards per carry. The offense right now is not good enough to consistently make up for that. Last year, it made sense. You could, If you can score 30 on anybody, Yeah, sure. Play the possession game. We talked about this constantly last year. Yeah, definitely. Believe that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Matt LaFleur can be more efficient on eight drives than you can. That's true for for most teams most weeks. And that's going to get you 13 wins. In the postseason, you have to be able to adjust. Now, they did. And they played a hell of a game against Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's be clear on that. But I go back to last year too. And, and I understand that this is, this is something that I am, am trying to reckon with. They played really well in these big games against big quarterbacks. Great against Patrick Mahomes. Great against Russell Wilson. Great against Joe Burrow. Great against Kyler Murray. Their plans in those games work. Why... Why do they not work against these lesser quarterbacks? And it's because they refuse to be aggressive. It's like they're so concerned about getting beat that they play 
scared. And they don't really play that way against the best teams. Against Tom Brady, they heated him up. They came with exotics. They came with double A-gap, mug pressures, sim pressures, all kinds of different looks that they hadn't showed through two weeks. They, they went after Tom Brady. Now, not on every play. They still rushed four because they can, but that's the thing. This team can rush four, play coverage, and play man on the outside with your extra guy in the box. At a certain point, it's just a math problem. And so the, the Giants have no one to catch passes and no one to throw them the ball. Like, it's worse than Bailey Zappi it, because at least the Patriots had Hunter Henry and Devontae Parker and, and Nelson Aguilar. Those are NFL players. Right now, the Giants don't have those. They don't, they like actually don't have those. They're having to pull a quarterback, A.J. McCarron, off the street. Now, presumably not literally off the street, but all of that is true. And, and they have the next couple weeks to get this right because they have the Jets after that. They've got the Commanders. They've got these teams that they should beat. They should dominate. These are not good offenses that they're facing. But Saquon Barkley is a hell of a good player. He is the only guy who can beat them. So, so game plan to attack that guy, not game plan not to give up big plays. Because the only way you will give up big plays is if you let Saquon get into your secondary because Darnell Savage... As an open field tackler, not great. And we don't know if Adrian Amos is going to be cleared in time to travel to London. It's a faster turnaround. He's got to be cleared in time to get on a plane Thursday. In a normal week, they might not leave till, till Saturday. And so he has extra time to go through the protocols and prove it. Can't, can't bank on Adrian Amos. Even though I think Rudy Ford played decent football. Now, I say all of that to say this. Even if... They continue to show these two shell looks. And you're not going to play all single high, all game. This isn't, you know, 2014 Seattle Seahawks. Like, no one does that anymore. Except Gus Bradley last year. But when you play those two deep safeties, your, your guys up front have to play better. Devondre Campbell has not been, he's been a shadow of his 2021 self. When he was, and look, I, I, that's almost not even shade, just because... Last year, Devondre was the best true stack linebacker in the league. Micah Parsons was rushing the passer like more than half the time. Devondre Campbell was the best off-ball linebacker in football last season. He has not been anywhere near that this season. Not even that he's been bad. He just hasn't been that incredibly good. And Quay Walker is, and I wrote about this yesterday for The Leap, not doing the things that they need him to do to play the way that they want to play. If they want to live in nickel, and and they said this, okay, I'm not. This is I'm I'm not making this up. Brian Gutekind said it. Malafleur said it. Joe Barry said it. They want to live in nickel because and they drafted Quay Walker so they could live in nickel and defend the run. They're not defending the run. So you draft a player to allow you to play a certain way. Year one expectations. Most rookies are bad. This was their plan. Now, maybe their plan is by the end of the year, it's going to be fine. Okay. Through four weeks, it's not fine. It's not fine. The run defense has been bad in part because the linebackers are not playing well and the front is getting moved around. And your first round pick can't get on the field. 
It's not great. Now, they are still top 10 in EPA overall because they are top 10 in EPA per pass. They are still one of the best pass defenses in football, even without Jair Alexander for two weeks. And one of those weeks was against Tom Brady. So this defense is still a good in aggregate defense. I want to see them show an adaptability this week to say, yes, this is a really good passing defense. It can be a really good run defense when it wants to be, which it has shown over the course of the season. When they wanted to stop the Bears running game, they did. When they did not care about stopping the Bears running game, they they really didn't care. And it seemed like they didn't care for a lot of this Patriots game about stopping the run. And then at the end, they loaded up the box, they played a bunch of base, and they stopped the run when they needed to. They need to show that they can be that, that they can be adaptable to their game plans. Now, part of that is because they're probably going to have to see the 49ers in the playoffs. They're probably going to have to see the Eagles in the playoffs, and those teams can run the ball. So while it is true that passing defense is is more important, excuse me, than run defense, you might run into the wrong matchup, no pun intended, and now you're in trouble. So that's what they have to get ironed out. And this is the week, this is the stretch, this next three games, to get fat on wins, And to show a little bit of juice, a little bit of adaptability, of malleability, of saying, okay, understanding, we want to play this two-shell coverage, but we know that the only way we lose this game is if they run the ball. Okay, what is the best plan to stop them from doing that? I'll give you a hint. It's not two high safeties. All right, we're going to get to Lily in just a second. Before we do that, let's talk about LinkedIn. And as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on the candidates with just the right skills so that you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, 40 million people go to LinkedIn to try and find a job? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL terms and conditions apply. And thanks again for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts, Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. This week... We have a London game to talk about. We have an underwhelming Green Bay Packers performance to talk about. But we are happy to be here today with our good pal from Fox 6 in Milwaukee, Lily Zhao, to let everyone know the answer to the question on top of everyone's mind. Lily, how you doing? Peter, I am uh, doing good. We're still on a three-win streak, mini-streak, as you say. Did you mention the streak? Yeah, so so you know, some positivity, some get the ball rolling international trip. Now I do wish we were doing this podcast from London. So maybe yeah, maybe next year. I agree. Have you been to London? Never been. Never been across the pond that way. 
it is a great it is a great city and i told my wife the other day uh that if i was going to live in another metro area that i would like i would i would consider london and she just looked at me and was like what are you talking about <laughs> listen i feel like i would have the best like euro fashion because i just i love how they dress over there so anyway i i'm doing good you you are the fashionable one of the two of us i would say for sure um i'm i am whatever the the male version of a, of a basic uh man is so that is um that is great you you have better just better style um and more black i think which is also a european thing right yes neutrals and, and dark tones all right so I'll, you are you are winning that i, I love it um the reason that we're we're BSing here is because the game on Sunday was oof. Um, a lot to get to with with that. I don't even want to ask you like, was it? It was obviously surprising that this is how this looked. Um, to to what can we possibly attribute the, a game like this where they just looked kind of like they? I mean, I made I kept making the joke. It looked like they had already been to London and were jet lagged playing this game. Like, yeah. What was going on? Well, it, it was just a big dichotomy from last the previous week. This previous week was they looked unstoppable, and then the fumble happened, and then everything else kind of went after that. This week, it was kind of like the reverse. It was, yeah. you know, there was that fumble on the second play, and then there really wasn't an identity on offense. And granted, you know, my, Judon was really making life difficult for that offensive line, so they were harassing Aaron Rodgers up front. And, of course, it's Bill Belichick. The man knows how to put up a defensive scheme. So they really were able to adjust and make life really difficult. The offensive line, you know, had their hands full. That certainly didn't help. But it just felt like, you know, you get the running game going, and then you throw, you know, a couple passes incomplete. And there really wasn't a rhythm with those any of those deep passes in that first half. And that's kind of what led to this kind of discombobulated feel. Luckily, they were able to make their, you know, halftime adjustments or just play better in the second half. And they looked a lot better. But it just was a little bit, you know, I didn't expect them to come out and look that, you know, stifled in the first half. But then you have to remember it is Bill Belichick. He knows what he's doing. Um, but luckily, they were able to figure things out. But um, again, at least they were able to respond in a bigger way after that first fumble. Um, and we know, you know, Rogers had that pick six as well. So they were able to respond. And I know in the past, you know, a turnover kind of would just really get in this offense's head and, and nothing really would work. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, there has been this narrative that if you punch this team in the mouth, they're not going to punch back. And I, I understand it's Bailey Zappi um, and all that stuff. But um, I think that they did show some resiliency. And I think we have to give them credit for doing that. I mean, not just the, the Dobbs fumble, but then Aaron Rodgers does something he never does especially at home. I think something he'd only done one other time at home in his career. And that is throw a pick six on a ball that can never be inside and can never be late. And it was both of those things. And so it's been some uncharacteristic mistakes here through the first four weeks fumbles. I mean, they fumbled in every game and this is the team that I did. They fumble. Did they fumble four times last year? I mean, yes, they did, but it didn't seem like they did. It seems like a weekly thing for them. And I just don't know. Like you can't blame new receivers for that. You can't blame this was the pick six was Aaron Rodgers down Lazard. Like those kinds of mistakes, I just don't know how to explain them. And and it's a little disconcerting because I think all of last year, I think they had 13 total turnovers. Like they really kept, they were playing clean football last year. And I think right now that total is at seven through four mm -hmm. games, I believe. 
Um, so they're, they're, they're past, you know, basically the halfway point, a quarter of the season through that's got to get fixed. And, and, you know, even Aaron Rodgers had been, and he did not play well in that first half. And it was very evident. Sure didn't. <laughs> yeah. He looked out of sync with his receivers or, you know, open guys that he was missing, um, you know, held the ball on too long sometimes. And, and, you know, that I'm sure he can fix because he's the one throwing the ball, obviously, but it's just those fumbles though. It's, you know, those guys have to secure the football. You know, those defenses, when they see that you're turnover prone, they're going to start coming and try to punch that ball out. So you have to really secure the football. Um, I'm thinking, hey, Peter, Peter, maybe the Giants, maybe this is a game where the offense doesn't turn the ball over because, again, it puts this defense in adverse situations. Um, you don't want to be, you know, so wide in that turnover margin where it's, it's you know, very detrimental. So, again, things to learn from. But, again, the, the fumble issues, kind of a concern this early on in the season. Yeah. And, and I think I would like to chalk it up to just, it's the first month of the year and these guys didn't play in preseason and not that I'm, I'm advocating that they should do that necessarily. Though I think we'd at least need to have a discussion about it. Um, and I, like Aaron Rodgers is throwing interceptions. Like he's on pace to have more interceptions than he's ever had in his NFL career. That's just not going to keep going. He's not going to keep doing that. And he's not going to throw pick sixes. And Romeo Dobbs is not going to fumble and drop a ball in the end zone. Like I, they're they're so close to being what they think they can be. Like if Aaron Rodgers doesn't do a thing, he never does. And Romeo Dobbs just catches the ball. They win by two scores. And we're not having this discussion about an unimpressive win. They really, in, in a game that they didn't even let the Patriots get to 300 total yards of offense. Um, I, I think... I think we're focusing sometimes a little too much on the things that went wrong and not seeing the forest for the trees. I mean, they outgained the Patriots by a yard and a half per play. That's a huge, huge gap. And I'm just sort of like, I kind of, I kind of don't care. Like they're three and one and that's the important thing. I'm not, I'm not usually the guy that's like, eh, forget it. But like, that's kind of how I feel. Like this is the, the real season starts now. It, it does. And you know, I feel like, you know, not saying this for all fans, but you know, I'm sure fans, the, they want their team to pass the eye test, right? They want them to look yeah. like world beaters and, you know, and they the don't. Players, let's be honest. They, they just don't, don't pass the eye test right now. Right. They, they really don't. But, you know, like they said, at least, you know, we can have these discussions with the three and one record versus them being one and three and being like, Oh, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they're not passing the eye test right now, but again, at least they're just finding ways to grind out wins. And, you know, uh, my boss here was asking the guys in the locker room to, to give one word for how this victory felt. You know, a lot of guys had resiliency. A lot of guys said it was really, really gritty. And that was kind of the, the word that they would give. And, yeah, they know they have to play better because, again, as the season wears on, you're playing better opponents. You have to play your A game. You can't be playing C-plus football and expecting to always find a way to win. Luckily, they've been able to do that. But, again, you know, no offense to a, you know, Bailey Zappi led team. You're not playing Pat Mahomes at the peak. So I think too, there's a huge difference between the Packers with this collection of talent on their roster being three and one and a team like the New York football giants being three and one, like there just is no comparison of the talent on these two teams. And so I feel like, okay, yeah, there's some, there's some kind of like, Mm, are they really, are they really that good? But like the giants barely beat the Titans in a game that they had no business winning. They barely beat the Panthers in a game that they like had some business winning. They <laughs> lost to Cooper rush and then they beat Justin Fields and, and a bad bears team. Like congrats to them. They won those games. Those are bad teams. 
And they're just not as talented a team. I think if you're looking at this from the Packers perspective, you're going, there's so much talent on this roster. Winning these games just sets them up to reach their potential later. But I think it's also important that we acknowledge that they haven't reached it yet. Let's talk about the Giants, Lily. Saquon Barkley has been the best running back in football for the first month. And this Packers run defense has been, it's not been great. Um, how much do you think they need to change their play style with these two deep safety looks and these light boxes to stop a team like the Giants? Because their approach didn't work great stopping the run against Bailey Zappi and company. I think the easy answer is they're going to have to change it. Because again, if you're playing this way, like you did against the Patriots, against Saquon Barkley, that man's running for like four touchdowns. It's going to be inevitable. I mean, they couldn't really stop those guys with Stevenson and uh, uh, Damian Harris. Thank you, Damian Harris. Um, those guys are kind of just running at will, and they were getting like what eight, nine yards per run. Saquon Barkley is going to be busting through that hole and going for like fifty for a touchdown. So you're going to have to adjust there. You got to stack the box. You got to make, and you know, even Matt Lafleur was asked about. It. He's like, we can't just sit back and catch blocks. We've got to actually get up there. We have to be aggressive. We have to tackle. Um, but we're going to have to have like five hats on this guy because again. You know, you know, depending on what happens with their quarterback situation, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, those guys are banged up. You know, they're going to want to run the football. That's what they're going to want to do. So what do you have to do? Stop the run. Put your focus on that. And that gives you a better chance of really making whoever is back there. They're not going to be 100 percent healthy, one dimensional. And that's where I think you win the ball game. You've got to stack the box. You've got to make Saquon Barkley really fight for those yards. But the question is, can they do it? I think they have the personnel to, but they, I think they have to really kind of switch things up with that scheme. I wish I could I could remember who exactly said it. I think it was our friend Cassidy Hill over at at Green Bay Packers uh, News. There was this she she someone, but I think it was Cassidy said that there isn't a lot of intensity on the coaching staff that they have this quiet confidence. And Joe Barry is is an energetic guy. But he's not an intense guy. And Mike Patton was not an he was a very thoughtful guy. And Matt LaFleur is a very thoughtful guy. He's a very analytical in, in the way that we think about like a, a teacher, not, I don't think he's like super into the numbers, although he understands them to what degree do you think that is, is truly reflective of this team that they, they don't have, whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, someone to just sort of like say, we need to ramp up the intensity here. I think there's kind of something to be said about that, Peter. And, and again, there was this, this kind of like, you want to have a good range of it, right? You know, I guess you don't want to go Bill's coach crazy. Um, you know, yeah, in, Ken in Dorsey the, slamming the tablet. Yeah, you don't want to go that crazy. But again, you do want to have uh, somebody who can really rile up the troops and say, we, Hey, we got to get this game going. We got to play with more fire and intensity. And, you know, with what they have, you're not going to see Joe Barry doing like a rah-rah speech. Maybe they have Rich Passaccia go talk to the defense and really fire them. See, up. you know what? That's exactly what I was thinking because it's usually the special teams coaches. Special teams coaches are usually unhinged individuals. It's why they're special teams coaches. They are crazy people. And they're on the sidelines jumping around, smacking guys in the helmet, just like getting everybody fired up. And sometimes that is what you need. I don't. Look, I don't know if they need that. Like the Patriots won a million Super Bowls and like that's not Bill Belichick. That's not Josh McDaniels. That's not Romeo Cornell or Bill O'Brien or any of those guys. Like I think you can win other ways, but it did make me think like, is would it be beneficial to them if they had a guy like that, a leader like that on this team or on this coaching staff? I don't, I don't know. Well, potentially. And and even if it's not a coach, like it, it maybe it's a, it's a player, maybe it's Devondre Campbell. It's got to be somebody 
Um, you Sean know, Gary's a big personality. Well, Sean Gary, right? Like you have to have like, you know, back when Zedario Smith was on the squad, it's, you know, his personality was a big one. Maybe you need somebody with that kind of personality yeah. to really say, Hey, let's get effing going. Let's go. Um, and, and depending on how the season rolls out, maybe they need that to happen to kind of light a fire and, and turn things around. But, um, I think, listen, I'm voting Rich Pisaccia. Do like go in there it. and fire speech. He is, he apparently is a fiery guy and a, and a rah-rah guy. So maybe, maybe it is special teams coach. This is what you brought in here for. I love that. I love that. Um, one other thing that I want to ask you about, because this has been a point of discussion for the last couple of weeks and something that Malaflores asked about, he, he gave a very interesting answer, Lily Zhao, about this idea of playing Yash Nyman at right tackle and sliding Elton Jenkins back in at guard because Elton has been awesome in the run game. He has been uh, you almost dropped an F-bomb. He has been an MFer in the run game this year when he's been out there, but he's had his struggles as a pass protector. Um, I, I am I am of two minds about this. I sort of think like let Elton figure it out because I think he can be a really good right tackle. So like give him until Halloween. But I also see the idea of just like he's not ready to do pass protection on the on the right side yet coming back from this injury. Let him figure it out. Let him play guard and let Yash Nyman play tackle. What do you think about it? I think it'd be a great idea. And and the fact that Matt LaFleur acknowledged, hey, they were already thinking of it. This was already going to be a possibility. I think says a lot. Just feels like a big admission, doesn't it? It, it really did. I didn't think he would say, yeah, we were thinking about it. I thought we'd have been like, well, we'll see who, you know, that's fine out there, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the fact that he actually admitted it means that I think this is going to be a big possibility even going to, into London to have Yash at right tackle and Elton back at, at right guard. And this is never to diminish anything Elton can do, but to your point, you know, the guy's coming off an ACL injury. He's not going to be, you know, 100% like, oh, let's go. You have to ease him back into it. And he was phenomenal at that guard spot. So let's put him there, get him more comfortable. You know, Yash Nyman played great at left tackle. Let's let's slide him to the other side. And they admitted, yeah, he's got reps on the right side. So why not? I mean, he's really proven himself as well. And we talked about that left tackle rotation. Now that, you know, David hopefully is going to be back for the a long run on that left side, why not have another one of your top linemen on the other? And I think that's maybe going to be your best fight out there. So I, I do think that that was a big indicator that Matt LaFleur even hinted that that would be a possibility. I'm I'm with you. I, I think as early as this week, we might see a change. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I think it is telling, you mentioned this, that when they did the rotation against Tampa, how often did you notice who was the guy up there? I mean, I was looking, right, to see who it was, but you didn't notice the drop-off, and I think that tells you something, both about David Bakhtiari and how great he looked just, like, off the bat, but then also how good Yash Nyman has played. Lily, we will be back from London, even though we're not going to London, um, next week, uh, hopefully on a four-game winning streak, and we will talk to you then. Thanks. Thanks, Peter. All right, great to talk to Lily, uh, as it is always great to talk to our pal Lily Zhao. Today's episode brought to you by our friend at Bet Online. Speaking of friends, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your football betting info this season. The latest on player developments, team matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and and articles to help you get all the information you need to place some informed bets. NBA's in preseason. It's going to be here before you know. It. Really fun to bet on. Golf is in the fall season. They're still playing golf. Did you know that? 
Baseball about to get to the playoffs. Ooh, hoo, hoo, baby. I got some futures on the line here. Mets, please stop screwing things up. Boxing, MMA, head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, back tomorrow with Patricia Trena from Locked On Giants for our crossover Thursday and then Friday. I'm trying to get an interview scheduled. Um, that will go out in your podcast feed. No live show on Friday. I will be traveling. So unfortunately, not to London. I would love to be going to the London game, but alas, I cannot do that. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.